0: Hello, and welcome to Real Industry, Real Talk. My name is Tom, and this podcast series is intended to give you an overview of many different types of businesses from the real people who work in them. Today we are on episode four, and we have Mark Hill, a pharmacy technician, who's going to tell us a little bit about working in the pharmacy, his experiences as a tech, and his thoughts on where the trade is going. Hello Mark and welcome to the show. Hi, glad to be here. Happy to have you. Uh, Before we get started, can you tell a little bit
1: about yourself, what you do for a living, where you work? So I'm a pharmacy technician. I work in a community-based setting in Tampa, Florida. Um, And I basically am involved with the filling of prescriptions, making sure people get their medications. Okay, and if for people who are not
0: from the pharmacy business, not from the healthcare business, can you uh, please explain the hierarchy inside a pharmacy? What
1: Who exactly is in charge of, of what? So a pharmacist is in charge of the pharmacy, um, but the pharmacist mainly deals in the clinical duties. I am a pharmacy technician. I'm actually the lead technician, um, and I have four technicians underneath me. The The, lead, the technicians are basically... workhorses of the pharmacy we do all the labor part whereas the pharmacist does all the clinical part okay and
0: can you describe your specific uh your your specific pharmacy structure where you work how many people are there how many people work for you what exactly you're in charge of
1: so we have two pharmacists um and they work on opposite days so we only ever have one pharmacist on at a time um and right below them is the lead technician that's me and i mainly do the scheduling and training um and then below that me are the regular technicians we all have the same i have the same duties as all the other technicians uh we just try to get the prescriptions filled um, and then i just make sure people are trained and they're they're coming to work okay
0: uh, can you
1: describe
0: a little bit about uh, the training process that uh, technicians go through? You mentioned in our previous um, email discussions that most people are not aware of the fact that actual pharmacies give um, training for free,
1: right? They're, they're trying to hire people, so they're offering training. Yes, almost every chain pharmacy uh, provides the training for free, um. Because of there's certain classes and stuff that you have to go through in many states. Fl- Florida is actually one of the strictest for the licensing of uh, pharmacy technicians. Um, you've got to go to some sort of formalized schooling for it. But it does not have to be like a university or a college or anything. And there's a lot of for-profit colleges that are out there offering for people to come in and become a pharmacy technician when they really have no need to go to school at all for it because they can just go apply to any pharmacy and there's a lot of turnover so there's always a demand for pharmacy technicians
0: and what kind of schooling or what kind of classes do pharmacy techs actually go through like what, what would you say how long what types of classes
1: where did you actually get your training so there's Quite a bit of math actually that you have to learn um then you have to learn about uh you know drug names and their generic equivalents and what those drugs are used for um they want to also make sure you're familiar with um one of the laws here in the united states is is hipaa hipaa is the privacy law they want to make sure you're familiar with all the, the different laws that govern our profession because uh, there's actually quite a bit that go, that uh, go over us.
0: What types of uh, laws, law of privacy laws, govern you work? If you can elaborate a little bit.
1: So the biggest one is HIPAA. HIPAA is um, the one that controls all our different um, privacy laws for for most of it. Um, it basically says that we can't share information with people who are not a health care provider, or the patient without the patient's consent. And, you, you know, common sense um, for a lot of it, but, you know, you do have to be aware of it. Uh, then we have other laws like the Poison Packaging Prevention Act, which requires us to make sure drugs are in uh, secure containers so that children can't get into them. Um, um, you, you just have these various laws that you have to be aware of. Okay, and
0: you mentioned math what types of math do do you, uh, well did you actually learn while in school and how did, does it apply to what you do in a databases
1: so most of the math I learned uh, I don't actually use on a daily basis. I use some very minor algebra um, on a daily basis you know, but I don't really use a whole lot of complex math uh, They do teach some of the more complex math. Um, but it it never really goes above algebra level. Uh, you just basically have to to be aware of these concepts okay, so let's move on to the volume
0: your store does and how it compares to uh, larger smaller shops. Let's talk numbers. How many prescriptions do you fill in a regular day what like what is the shift time and um, what is the difference between you know different uh, sizes of stores so
1: I work in a store that does between 150 to 200 prescriptions a day. That's a pretty low volume for a pharmacy. Uh, You know, our days are pretty relaxed in there for the most part. Uh, I've also worked in a a shop that's done more than 900 a day. And that's that's an extremely busy pharmacy. Your day is really hectic in there. Um, But the two are, like, very different in terms of work environment. When you're in the low-volume store, you got to jump around a lot, make sure you're covering, wearing multiple hats in there. Whereas in the busier one, it's more of an assembly line and you're, you're in one station and you're just doing your job.
0: And how many techs work for um, the bigger
1: stores, like on a, on a, on a regular shift? In, in the bigger store, we had three pharmacists, 10 technicians, and three cashiers. At any given time? At any given time. Okay, so that's a big step.
0: And in your small yeah. in your small store, you said four techs, two pharmacists,
1: and they alternate. Yes, and we we never have more than uh, three or four technicians on, and we have no cashiers. The technician has to be the cashier as well.
0: We discussed a bit in the in the previous discussion we had over email. Um, the skill set required well of the technician and what types of actual work is being done. And I would like you a little bit to elaborate about the actual things you do on a daily basis and uh, what you think a good attitude, uh, sorry, a good attitude, uh, a tech um, should have when working as a pharmacy tech.
1: So, uh, on a daily basis, we fill prescriptions. That's that's our main duty. We also have to put up the order, um, check people out when they come to, to fill their prescriptions. Um, a lot of this job is just you know, having that upbeat, positive attitude, because if you don't, you're not gonna be good. I mean, it's a customer service oriented job. So having those good, strong customer service skills is just probably the most important thing That you can have Uh, some people tend to get upset when they have to do you know multiple different jobs that's just what the job is you're constantly doing things that you may not necessarily uh, want to do like go bring someone out when you're trying to fill another prescription for another patient um so you you just have to be able to multitask well and keep that positive attitude up while you're multitasking. Okay, so
0: I'm going to preface the next question by saying that a lot of people don't know that, but when a prescription is sent to a specific store, it's not always being filled by the same
1: store, right? Correct. We, we outsource the filling of approximately 20% of our prescriptions to a central pharmacy who then mails them to us for receiving the next day. Uh, we do this to, to decrease our workload because otherwise the demand could overwhelm us. Um, It also lowers the business costs because they don't have to pay for so many technicians to be there. Uh, Mainly we do this with refills uh, just so that, you know, because people don't tend to pick it up the day they call it in for their refills. Let's
0: talk a little bit about how prescriptions come to you. You you mentioned to me uh, four different forms in which um, prescription Come into your pharmacy, and a bit about your thoughts on where the industry is going. So,
1: we receive a prescription of one of four ways. It can be handwritten by the prescriber and then brought to us by the patient. Uh, this is quickly becoming the least common way we'll get a prescription. Uh, more and more, they're coming to us electronically, uh, and that's a digital prescription that's electronically sent. Directly to the pharmacy, so that the patient never has this. It has a couple of advantages, um, especially on the business aspect side. We get it almost instantly, uh, so there's no delay between, you know, the prescriber prescribing it and them bringing it over to us. They don't have the chance to lose it, um, and it's you can't uh, make a fraudulent uh, electronic prescription. Um, so we get a lot of those, and it's becoming more and more common. Uh, we also receive them via fax. This is probably maybe 2% of our prescriptions come in by fax. It's not very common anymore, and it's dying off. Um, we receive prescriptions also called in by prescribers. This um, is usually when, for acute stuff, you uh, when they're just trying to take care of a patient that they don't necessarily have in the office. Um, Or the patient is like a single mother with kids and they're just trying to get it over to us quickly and they haven't converted to electronic yet. You know, New York has already gone to 100% electronic prescriptions. I, I see that spreading. Um, because it's easy to automate those electronic prescriptions. They can automatically be typed up and put into our format for the vast majority of prescriptions. Um, some of them come to us with that are incomplete, and those ones we have to call on and get clarification on. But other than that, we are able to automate most of that process. And
0: can you um, perhaps elaborate on what do you think this kind of automation, um, prescription uh, automation, and the entire automation in your field will do to pharmacy technicians, in your opinion, in the next maybe five, 10, 15 years? Yes,
1: um, pharmacy technician is currently uh, at risk. Uh, Oxford has done some research into this, and they place us at a 94% chance of being our job eliminated by automation. Uh, It's it's very easy to automate a lot of our tasks, and so that probably is going to happen uh probably sooner than later you'll see maybe a store that mine, like mine that currently has five technicians go down to probably one um as this process gets more and more um the more they automate the less work there is of
0: course Uh, i do want to maybe uh, focus a little bit about what do you think you'll do once you're, um, you see the job demand plummet. So you mentioned previously when, when we talked about remos that this is kind of, um, I think you, meant you said a stepping stone to some other jobs. So if you had to advise techs who work right now in the business and see the future coming, if you had, if you had to think what is the best next step for them, What would it be?
1: Well, that's a hard question to answer because right now, pharmacists, which is the natural stepping stone from this, their field is getting overcrowded. And you actually have to go into a lot of debt to become a pharmacist. So I I have an intern that works with us right now uh, who's studying to be a pharmacist, and he's projecting to be $400,000 in debt when he's out. And that's Um, just from schooling? Just from schooling. So it's a, it's a six-year degree, oh, so okay. it takes a while to get through it, um, you know, and it it's expensive because it is a doctorate program. You you come out as a doctor, of pharmacy, um, so it, it's, and they keep opening up more pharmacy schools, so there's more and more pharmacists being pumped into the market, so this is going to drive down salaries.
0: And do you think that why do, if, you, if you had to maybe, I, I, not guess, but give your own opinion about where pharmacists, like the automation of actual pharmacists, uh, is going, I would
1: really appreciate it. Well, pharmacists, their job is clinical. That's not going to be so easy to automate. The, the real threat to pharmacists, though, is, is wage deflation, not automation. Uh, their field is getting crowded very crowded and they keep opening more and more schools like I said earlier and there's more and more pharmacists willing to work for lower and lower wages right um okay okay uh,
0: before we before we wrap this up i've got um one final question um let's talk about um keeping customers compliant with their uh, medicines so i Well, as as a person who had at a certain point is i take medicine. I know many of our listeners uh, had too. We know that actually keeping on check uh, with a prescription is difficult. What do you do as a tech to um, make
1: sure that your customers uh, stay compliant? So we print out lists daily of prescriptions that are due to be refilled. And we have to call all these patients. I make probably about 70 or 80 calls a day Uh, I spend a lot of my day on the phone just trying to get people to refill their prescriptions. Um, This can be automated, uh, and some of it is in various states. In my state, there's certain regulations that are prohibiting that right now with my company. Um, I'm not going to go into more detail about that, but we mainly can't fill that due to our lawyers automatically.
0: I, I know you can't go into it, but can you give maybe um, not the specific things you can and can't fill out, but maybe a small example of what uh, what type of data is sensitive? Like what would you not
1: be comfortable uh, reaching out to a customer for? So generally, we're going to reach out for pretty much any chronic medication. You know, these are the medicines for your cholesterol, diabetes. Anything like that. Uh, we aren't going to reach out if it's like a cream for your acne. Uh, we're going to reach out for, for the stuff that's important, that people are making sure they're
0: getting. Okay. Uh, I think that about covers uh, everything um, I set out uh, to ask. I do want to thank you for coming on the show, though. Um, and I want to know if there's some way people can reach you, if they have made any questions, maybe. Um, they're welcome to email me. My, my email is master shadows at com. Right. And, uh, we've met on Reddit. Maybe you can give them, uh, your Reddit handle. Uh, my Reddit handle is master of shadows as well. Okay. So that's Reddit.com slash you slash master of shadows. Yes. Uh, okay. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. that's it for today's show i'd like to thank smiling cynic from the op sound project for the intro and outro music and invite you to join me on our subreddit r slash real talk for the show notes and additional information again that's reddit.com r slash industry real talk see you on the next show